0: As we continue to deal with the effects of the COVID virus around the world, is it time to start looking at what really made this mass pandemic around the world befuddle us for as long as it has? Hi, this is Phil Gursky, President and CEO of Borealis Threat and Risk Consulting in Russell, Canada, listening to Quick Hits, short podcasts about all things related to national security. Now, I don't know what part of the world you're living in. I live uh, just outside of Ottawa, the capital of Canada, in a small village called Russell uh, in the province of Ontario, and we've been in a pretty much a shutdown, lockdown phase for well over a month now. Uh, Restaurants aren't open, stores aren't open, you have to buy stuff online and pick it up. Um, Grocery stores are open, and uh, garden centres of all things, which is great because I'm building my new garden here in my new home. But it's been pretty well a pain in the ass for a very long time. And, and, and you know, we're getting off rather lightly here in Canada compared to what's happening in India and parts of Asia, parts of Africa, etc. So I don't want to come across as a complainer. It is what it is. And uh, we will get through this. The vaccines are starting to roll out much more frequently now here in Canada. I've got my first vaccine, as has my wife. Most of my my friends have. Even my kids have got their first vaccines. So it's looking up. Things are looking up. And yet, there's still this niggling question about uh, where this COVID virus came from in the first place. From the beginning of this pandemic, we've worked with the international community uh, to find answers. So we support uh, the, uh, the call by the United States and others uh, to better understand the origins of uh, COVID-19, not just to ensure accountability, but also to make sure we fully understand how to better protect the world going forward uh, from any such further pandemics. Uh, I know there are a lot of theories out there, uh, but we need to make sure we're getting to a full and complete airing of the facts to actually understand uh, what happened and how to make sure it never happens again. Now, as you're aware, uh, it did originate in China somewhere in late 2019, 2019. God, that's a year and a half ago. Seems like an eon in the way that the life has uh, transpired since then. And it spread from China to a variety of places, and then it basically spread all the way around the world. The Chinese government, uh, not uh, surprisingly, is a little bit uh, reticent about its responsibility for the virus and is parading its own um, program of vaccinations and getting back to normal. But there's still this outstanding question that has yet yet to be resolved to anyone's satisfaction. And that question is, how exactly did the virus start? Where does this actually originate? And the two main theories that have been going forward for quite some time are that it originated in what are called wet markets, which are uh, rife in China, to the best of my understanding, And that it may have crossed some kind of a zoological gap, if you will. Going from one species to another, bats have been talked about a lot, for example. The other theory that sometimes gets a little play, and might strike some as conspiracy in in nature, is whether or not this is a virus that escaped from a lab. With the underlying assumption or suggestion that the Chinese were performing some kind of biological experiments and that things went badly awry and the virus uh, escaped. Again, we don't have answers to either of those questions. So why am I talking about this in a podcast about national security? Well, uh, simply stated, U.S. President Joe Biden just the other day, was it yesterday? Perhaps it was today, announced that he's tasking the U.S. intelligence services with finding out more about what caused the virus. And this strikes me as really, really fascinating as an old Intel guy myself, having spent 32 years in both signals intelligence and in human. So let me quote a couple of things here uh, about what the president said. Um, he has basically said that he has asked the Intel community to, quote, redouble their efforts to collect and analyze information that could bring us closer to a definitive conclusion. Wow, I like that term definitive Another uh, note I had here, which I thought was interesting, is that the intel community itself does not appear to be in a position to draw conclusions just yet about what it knows and what it doesn't know about the coronavirus. I don't think we can give a time element on that, Senator, for the simple reason we still have not yet confirmed what the host is from Ebola. We know that Ebola Jumps from an animal reservoir to human. And it's been many years now since the original Ebola outbreaks, and we haven't yet nailed it. So, what does all this mean? Well, let me try to walk you through this from what possible contribution intelligence agencies could bring to this issue of wither COVID. Intelligence agencies rely on a number of primary sources of information, which we abbreviate as SIGINT, HUMINT, and IMINT. Signals intelligence, human intelligence, and imagery intelligence. Yes, there are other forms like open source called OSINT. There's th- something called Garbant, which is going through someone's garbage for clues on things like that. But human and SIGINT are the big ones. And it seems to me that U.S. intelligence agencies could, in fact, recruit and run a human source, Chinese, who has access to sensitive information, Chinese government information, for example, uh, on the virus. And they could entice or convince this person to cooperate and provide information uh, on, what this, on what he or she knew about whether or not the Chinese government was actually experimenting with a COVID-like virus before the whole sort of roof caved in. This person may have access to meetings, they may have access to emails, they might have access to files that are hard to get otherwise And upon certain, shall we say, um, encouragement, maybe in the form of money, maybe in the form of, I don't know, getting out of China, moving to the West, could be convinced to share that information with U.S. intelligence agencies. So that's from the human perspective. From the SIGINT perspective, it is sometimes hard to uh, go back in time and intercept signals that have already been sent. But SIGINT's gotten a lot more complicated since I worked it back in the 1980s and 1990s. I'm sure there are ways to get access to hard drives. There are ways to get access to databases, which may in fact contain some pretty damning information that the Chinese are up to no good. These could be encrypted files in which there'd be an effort made to decrypt them. I did work as a cryptanalyst in the late 80s and early 90s at CSC. Lots changed again since since that time. So I don't want to uh, pronounce anywhere near professionally or realistically on what's possible in terms of things like decryption these days. But there is a role for SIGINT to be played as well. Imagery or IMINT, I'm a little less confident in that for two reasons. First of all, I have very little experience with IMINT. I had a little bit when I worked at CSE, but not very much. And secondly, I'm not really sure what imagery would get you in this regard, unless you had earlier satellite pictures, for example, of mysterious movements around certain known biological factories or biological complexes in China over a certain period of time, shall we say November, December of 2019, which might be indicative that something was, was going badly and China was trying to deal with it. The bottom line is, is that when you work in intelligence, your assessments are only as good as the information that feeds them, i.e. the reliability and the access of the sources that you have at hand. Be they human sources or be they signals intelligence sources. As an analyst who worked for 32 years in the business, it was my job to take all this information, assess it for its reliability, i.e., is the source full of shit? Is the source lying? Or is there some truthfulness to this? And to assign some kind of a weight. You know, how important is this one human source? In some cases, human sources are absolutely critical. And I've worked in cases, counterterrorism cases in the 2000s and 2010s, where having a highly placed human source made the difference between death and not death when it came to terrorist attacks here in Canada. Same thing goes for SIGINT. You've heard the terms misinformation and disinformation a lot these days. Just because you're collecting it and it comes from a source you believe to be an important source, doesn't mean it's not bullshit. It could be misinformation, it could be disinformation. So it's It's not just enough to collect and process and go through the signals intelligence. It's trying to figure out, is someone trying to, you know, um, yank our thumb on this one? Are they trying to misdirect us? Are they trying to mislead us? More than 400,000 Americans have already died. I think it's 411 or 12 have died in one year of this pandemic. More than all the people who died in all the Americans who died in World War II. This is a wartime undertaking it 's not hyperbole. The bottom line is I find it fascinating that, in you know what well, end of may twenty twenty one a full year and a half after the virus first hit hit our attention span that the u s president is tasking the intelligence services to look into this now, if they do make some kind of an assessment, will the assessment be made public i'd say there's a good chance it will be as much as intelligence services hate. When their information becomes public, this is a real important one. And I think if they have incontrovertible evidence, which they judge to be highly reliable, that China was fucking about with the coronavirus before it inexplicably, or dare I say in a conspiratorial way, deliberately released it in the environment, there should be a price to pay. And the Biden administration has been quite clear and quite, I think, maybe not unique, but very forthcoming in its early days, In actually sharing intelligence with the rest of the world. So I, I for one, will be following this intelligence story very, very closely in the weeks and months to come. And here's hoping we get some ideas to exactly what went wrong. If the Chinese made a mistake, they should own up to it. At a minimum, if it turns out it was from a wet market, shut the wet markets down. They are harbingers of all kinds of diseases and We've seen what happens when these diseases, these diseases these diseases cross from one species to the other. There's no good reason to have them in the first place. You might want to shut them down, which the Chinese government has every power to do so. Anyhow, that's what I think about this new intelligence-driven quest for the truth when it comes to the coronavirus. What do you think? Do you think intelligence services have a role to play here? I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me on email borealisrisk at gmail.com or on Twitter at borealis Saves. You can also find me on LinkedIn and on Facebook. If you like this content and want to get more, go to my website, BorealisThreatRisk.com. Hit the subscribe button and you'll find uh, a place to put in your email. You'll get a free daily digest of all the podcasts and all the blogs, all my interviews with fascinating people from around the world on national security, as well as a link to my new book, The Peaceable Kingdom, A History of Terrorism in Canada from Confederation to the Present, only available on my website. love to hear what you think of this and other matters. I'll talk to you again soon.